Hi, this is Coach Colette, and welcome to another episode of Financial Fridays. Well, believe it or not, we are at the end of August. I can't believe it myself. So I thought to close out Black Business Month, I would share some tips, advice, and a history lesson for all of us entrepreneurs and budding entrepreneurs, founders, and startup leaders. So I learned of this information from a fellow entrepreneur on a webinar I was listening to. I believe last week I mentioned about the BNYC initiative sponsored by New York City Small Business Services focused on enhancing black entrepreneurship. One of the last questions on the interview was, what advice have you received that you think has been most valuable? And there were two responses to that question that really stood out in my mind that I want to share with you. The first was, add another zero. And I had to unpack that a little bit. And so I think about it in this way. When you are thinking about the potential reach for your product or service, add another zero. When you are thinking about the amount that you will ask for in your raise, add another zero. And really start to think about it. And when I boil it down, it comes down to dream bigger. Because sometimes, particularly as black, brown, indigenous founders of color, we may be thinking small, or we may be thinking, I don't know if this idea applies to everyone. And what I've been learning is, is that our ability to see nuance and our ability to identify needs that are unique or particular to our communities is very impactful, it's very relevant, it's very important, and we need to pursue those visions, those ideas, those dreams, and those goals. And this leads me into the second point, which was related to that, and I'm gonna paraphrase, which was around this idea of thinking about ideas that maybe aren't for the whole market and yet that they can still be valuable. And the example that this entrepreneur shared was before there was Airbnb, there was the Green Book. Now you may be familiar with the Green Book because of the movie, but I really wanted to do some research to figure out who started the Green Book. And so it was first published in 1936. It was the idea of a Harlem-based postal carrier named Victor Hugo Green. So just think about it. In 1936, when most blacks were facing discrimination whenever they ventured outside of their neighborhoods, Victor Hugo Green thought of the idea, let's create a guide 
that would make it safer for black people to be able to find places to eat, to sleep in these what they called sundown towns, places that banned black people from traveling after dark. So his idea was inspired by books published for Jewish audiences, and he wanted to help blacks be able to travel without fear. So his first edition only covered hotels and restaurants in the New York area. So when you think about initial geography, what's the initial target market for your idea? Then he soon expanded the scope, and this is what I love. He leveraged the knowledge of fellow postal carriers, and he also offered cash to readers who sent in useful information. Now, can we say crowdfunding? By the 1940s, the Green Book had over 1,000 establishments from across the country, and all of them were either Black-owned or verified to be non-discriminatory. And even in cities where there were no Black-friendly hotels, the Green Book often listed homes that were willing to rent rooms to Black travelers. And here's where I really just, oh my God, almost lost it. The Green Book got a sponsorship from Standard Oil so that it was available for purchase at Esso gas stations, think Exxon today, and that even though whites did not even know about the Green Book, it eventually sold up to 15,000 copies per year and was used by black business travelers and vacationers alike. Eventually, the Green Book expanded from helping black travelers driving across the country to an international travel guide and later included information on airlines and cruises to places like Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, Africa, and Europe. In 1964, when the Civil Rights Act finally banned racial segregation in public places such as restaurants and hotels, the Green Book quietly ceased its publication after nearly 30 years in print. So I hope that this story inspires you like it has inspired me. Keep dreaming big, keep adding zeros, keep seeing nuance, keep identifying needs that other people aren't seeing, and then find the audience and the sponsors and the investors that will back your dream. That's all for me for now. Get ready and listen up to today's tip from Suki Singh. Hello everyone, this is Suki Singh aka Investing of the Investing Podcast with your weekly Financial Friday tip. Are you financially organized? Now is the best time to get your finances in order.
I know life can be hectic. However, it's a great time to spend to spend an hour just organizing your finances on a weekly basis or even monthly basis so that you can know where you are and where you're going. With that said, that is your weekly financial Friday tip. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Coach Colette with this week's Unplugged segment. And this is the Friday leading into my birthday weekend. And needless to say, I have some mixed emotions given the incidents that have happened this week, including what happened to Jacob, the 29-year-old black man who was hit by four of the seven shots fired into his back in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in front of his children. And now Jacob is paralyzed for who knows how long. And also this week, I received a lead from a reporter who was writing an article about grit and resilience. I kept having this ambivalence or mixed feelings about responding to this article. And so I shared in my response the definition of resilience which is generally seen as the ability to withstand challenging or stressful situations, along with an ability to recover or, quote, bounce back to a more normal or functional state of well-being. And I also found the definition of grit by psychologist Angela Duckworth which is perseverance and passion for long-term goals. And it's perhaps one of the questions in the lead from the reporter that got me, I don't know, feeling some feels. I think it was the question that asked, and I'm paraphrasing, what makes some people more likely than others to have resilience or to have grit or to bounce back? And my flippant response really wanted to be to be black in America. So I didn't send that response, although now I'm wondering if I should have. So that's why I have this unplugged segment, because I get to share all of these thoughts and feelings with you. In my research, I came across the quote attributed to Bob Marley, which is, You never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. And we know that in 2020, we're all being tested now because of the pandemic, because of police brutality, because of this reckoning on racial and social justice. And so you're probably discovering grit and resilience that you didn't even know you had. As I've been leading into this birthday weekend, I've been thinking about the fact of celebrating my life and celebrating my birth and being grateful for the years that I've had on this earth, particularly being a black woman in America. I came across or was reminded of the quote, Joy is an act of resistance. And when I started to do 
more research on that quote. I realized that it came from an African-American poet named Toy Derricote. I came across this poem, and I feel like that this is a great way to inspire us also to get us to reflect. So I'm going to share this excerpt of the poem. Why would a black woman need a fish to love? Why did she need a flash of red living in the corner of her eye? As if she could love nothing up close, but had to step away from it come back to drop a few seeds and let it grab onto her, as if it caught her on some hook that couldn't hurt. Why did she need a fish, a red thorn, or among the thorns that flower? What does her love have to do with 500 years of sorrow? Then joy coming up like a small breath, a bubble. What does it have to do with the graveyards of the Atlantic in her mother's heart? Now, it's interesting to me as well because I used to have a fish, a fish named Stripe. And Stripe survived with me through moves and it was a beta fighting fish. I loved Stripe. And I would talk to Stripe and I would feed Stripe. And I'm someone who's never had a four-legged furry pet. So Stripe was my heart. And when Stripe passed on, it made me very, very sad. And so I can relate to this companion of a fish. And even though I couldn't hold him, I couldn't touch him really, I felt the connection. And so it's interesting to think of where we find joy, from whom we can feel joy, and how is it that we activate, or in some cases, reactivate the joy that's inside of us. So I hope that despite all that's happening in our world, you can find some joy because joy is an act of resistance. Be well, and we will talk again soon. If you enjoyed this episode and haven't already subscribed, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. You also can connect with me on Instagram at coach underscore Colette for more inspiration on personal growth and wellness. Want to help us create more great content and host more live podcast events? Then join our Start Within tribe and support this podcast with a small donation to help sustain our future episodes. Visit anchor.fm slash coach hyphen Colette slash support 
to get started today. You know, this podcast is truly my passion project, and I really appreciate your continued support. Get ready to start within to finish strong.